Hi, everyone. It's Michelle with Studio City Now. And today my guest is a talented Sherry Padigo. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah, everybody calls me Padigo. Pedigo. I like the Padigo. I know it sounds very European, which my last name actually is European. It's French. Oh, parlez-vous français? Uh, un peu. <laughs> She's <laughs> <pas> un peu. <laughs> I can swear. <laughs> I sing, I have a song actually in French that my girlfriend who's from Paris translated. I, my bloodline's French, but I do not speak it fluent. I can understand a little bit, but I can sing in it more than I can speak in it. So there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been YouTubing you like, you know, the past hour. Actually been texting with our mutual friend, Kenny. And I am just amazed. I don't know why I didn't know about you before. And I probably did and just never put two and two together, you know? Well, yeah, this universe has a whole lot of us. <laughs> <laughs> but you're also a songwriter. I am. I've been a songwriter since I think the day I was born. I think I came out writing songs. I I always had the writing in me. the write, And I used to think that was something that was just normal. At eight years old, I used to be running around outside with the animals, making up songs and singing about the trees. I literally was rhyming and putting songs together as a at a very tender age. <laughs> and uh, oh, it's just it was just such such a gift within me that I I just didn't realize that it truly was a gift. I thought it was something everybody did. I, I'm very blessed to have the gift of music and the gift to write and to be able to hear it. Yeah, there's it's a it's a truly a gift. I don't take it for granted. Well, what blew me away, you know, the other day when we were talking, I guess we're walking across the street and you started singing something. And I'm like, that's really nice. What's that from? And you said, I just wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> OK. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just such a it's just I hear it. all. I hear music all the time. I, it wakes me up in the night sometimes. I literally hear melodies in the, in my dreams. I guess I don't have to ask you what your inspiration is because it seems like it's everything. It pretty much is. Life is my inspiration. You know, it, I, I have to say, once you lose your inspiration, if you ever do, I think that's why God gave us music is to inspire us. It, you know, many people get uninspired through various reasons through life. You can blame it on whatever, but I, I always think there's room for inspiration and music is such a way to be inspired. You know, people that put music on during the day to inspire them to, to, to cook, mm -hmm. you know, everybody's got a gift and um, we just always got to be using it because if you don't use it, you lose it. You really lose it if you don't use it. You do. So it's about being active in the gift and staying active in it. No matter what is going on around you and what you feel, Take every situation and turn that lemon into some lemonade. You know, if it's a negative, take it and turn it around and use it to create something good and positive because we all need that right now. And we need it. We need it every, from the minute we're born. We need it, you know. So I'm very grateful that my music has touched a lot of people around the globe. The songs I've written, the songs I've co-written, that I, is such a blessing. Now, who have you co-written with? Well, I've co-written with a lot of people. Um I will talk about one particular co-write that changed my life. And it was when I was in Switzerland. I, I went to Switzerland because I was breaking in a, in a breakup situation. We all been there mm -hmm. with a guy that I really loved, but it just wasn't going to work. And I knew it long-term. He knew it long-term. 
and I won't go into the reason, doesn't matter, but we both decided to, to let the relationship go. So for me, I thought the only way I'm going to be able to do this is get out of the familiar. So I went to a country that I always wanted to go to, and that was Switzerland. And I start, I hired a promoter. I sang in pubs all over the south of Switzerland in the, in the, the Italian part. And ironically, as fate would have it, a famous rock star was in the audience at a little bitty pub in Tesserete, Switzerland, heard me singing, come up to me with tears in his eyes. And this was a guy with long hair. He's a rock star. I don't know who he is. And he starts telling me that my voice was like the voice of an angel and my lyrics touched his soul. And he wanted me to meet the lead singer of his band, which by the way, was one of the biggest rock bands in Europe. <laughs> so next thing you know, I'm writing on the record and this was the most incredible, you know, sometimes it's like ignorance is bliss. You don't mm -hmm. know who you're working with. You can just be you be real. I think if I would have known how famous they were, I'd have probably been very nervous. But because I had no real thought of how famous they were, I, I was able just to let my gift be free and my words. And I really, I, I really ended up touching that singer's life in such a positive, such a positive impact. He was completely burnt out and really didn't want to do another record, he told me. And he opened up his heart to me and really shared his heart some very personal things that I don't even know if the band ever really knew and I never shared them, but I, I just think I was the wind beneath his wings and God sent me there in a very tough situation in my life. Sometimes too, you know, when you're in a weak situation, mm -hmm. um, you, like I said, you take the lemon, you make lemonade. That's what I did. Little did I know that lemon turned into a triple platinum record twice for me in another country from an, unknown singer by the way gave me my first big hit and you know I had two record deals that went bust prior to that so I had quite a bit of heartache in the music industry and a lot of it was because I didn't let my morals go to the wayside and contradict who I was to get put out there that that was my experience so I had a lot of guys always want to sleep with me they always like had an ulterior motive and yeah. so I didn't know who to trust but I gotta tell you the Swiss were pretty darn good to me. So <laughs> I, I ended up getting very, uh, my whole life turned around. Uh, you know, it's amazing how that, and the song that is ironic, I ended up writing about in Breakaway. We wrote several songs together, but this one in particular was really about breaking away from the, 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 the familiar and going to a place, it's called Breakaway, that you don't know and rolling the dice and taking a gamble. <laughs> That's what the song's about. And uh, it's pretty amazing uh, how that helped. And when did you write the happened. song? I'm sorry? When did you write the song? This was in 2009. And oh. the song hit in 2010. Could I ask who the European band was? or The band is called Godhard, G-O-T-T-H-A-R-D. They're out of Switzerland, but they were signed to Nuclear Blast out of Germany, which is one of the hardest rock labels in the rock world and quite a huge record company and they were very well known in Europe pretty big career yeah so yeah so it was um I was a part of really rock history in Europe I was on the last record that Steve ever did oh Steve Lee yeah. actually ended up getting killed in a motorcycle accident at the end of that year so oh I'm so sorry yeah, that was pretty hard. But, you know, I, I have to say, I am very grateful that I was able to 
input some positive and, 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 and to give to, to, to really, honestly, I just didn't realize what, that I was actually on a mission to, to, uh, inspire him. It's really, Mm -hmm. really crazy how things happen like that, but yeah. Yeah. You know, things happen for a reason. My dog started up hunking her squeaky toy when you were saying that so that's like yeah this is why it happened uh you know that the record like, was the biggest record of their entire career too and they all their records went you know platinum triple platinum this one was it went triple platinum twice but it was the biggest selling record of their entire career and i'll tell you something else the label was gonna drop them was didn't want to they said that record is too too mellow it's not hard enough and then it won't sell and they they actually didn't like the some of the songs because they thought they were too soft for a rock label. <laughs> it was their biggest selling record. <laughs> so you know, you know what I'm saying? Le- labels don't always know. No. They don't. Pretty awesome. I, I, I have to say I was so so um blessed by by being able to work with Steve and, and the band and and to be at the right place, you know and and I know that I really touched his life. That was, to me, the most important thing. It was never about the record being big. It was really about that relationship and getting to meet him and to be able to to help encourage him. Because, you know, people do get burned out in this, in this industry. And, you know, sometimes when you have, you know, you got to produce so many more products, you don't feel like it and you've lost your inspiration. Like I said, people lose their inspiration. And sometimes we have to, we, we need one another to be inspired, but sometimes we don't always know what we need, you know? And I really believe that if you, if your heart's in the right place, you'll find what is supposed to inspire you and you'll just end up right where you're supposed to be. For me, it changed my life and it helped me heal and get over the guy, even though I never fully ever got over him, but it helped heal my heart. Writing that music with him healed my heart. Yeah, and you needed that, and you were able to move on. Yeah, and we both kind of were, actually, we both needed each other at that time, you know? Mm-hmm. And and I honestly I only saw him twice in my whole life. Twice. But it was life-changing. And it truly was. <laughs> truly was. And, um, yeah, I became very good friends with his fiance after that. And to this day, we're very good friends. And I, you know, it just kind of it's just, anyway, I, I'm going on and on about this, but I, I really, so many people I think need to hear that because, you know, it's not always about the song. It's not always about, you know, getting that big deal. It's sometimes it's just about whose life you touch along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Very, very true. Now, you know, earlier when we were texting, I'd mentioned a mutual friend of ours, um, yeah, Kenny, Kenny Metcalf. I love Kenny. He's one. And- Kenny produced a song of mine called I Need Love when he first heard it. And um, he goes, I want to produce this song. And I tell you, I that it was so cool to work with Kenny. And he's just he's he's got such a great heart and such. a. I mean, he was he promoted and he was always pushing and promoting my music. And <laughs> You know, he, he, he's, he, he himself had gone through some health challenges and overcame them. And he, he's gone on to do very well with, 
uh, doing the Elton John tribute, and it sounds just like him. Yeah. And he worked with the group Striper, which was a Christian rock band. He was a keyboard player for them for several years. And then, you know, he's, he's written a lot of music. He's incredible writing. Well, my sister and I have the original Striper Bibles, which blew, oh, yeah. blew Kenny away. He's like, yeah, where'd you get them? And I said, my sister brought them. She got them at a Striper concert. Oh, I guess they used to throw them out in the audience. Yeah. I guess so. I never been to a striper concert. Me neither. <laughs> I knew him after it, so I never been to one. But yeah. um, you know, it's so funny. I mean, I never was really a big rock person, so for me to work on a rock record was like kind of a a really. I mean, I never would have thought I'd be doing that. You know, I mean, I've always been kind of country soul, like a country girl, but a lot of soul. You mm-hmm. know, I sang with a lot of R and B artists, and I, I love that music, and I I love writing that style of music. But, you know, music is a universal, it's a universal language. And I, I think you can, you, as long as you can write and hear melodies and, and, you know, I, I, I can write all kinds, I play guitar and piano, so I can write many different uh, arrangements and many different styles and none of them ever really sound the same. And I'm grateful that I hear music that way, you know, but I love the R&B music. I love, that's my favorite music. Who's your favorite R&B artist? Or? Well, I I have to say Tina Turner is my favorite singer between her and Patti LaBelle. I'm old school. I love the soul of Tina. Yeah. She's got that rock edge to her, but she's so soulful. And she sings with every fiber of her being. Mm-hmm. Patti LaBelle, I love Patti LaBelle too. I, I just, I'm, I'm a female, I love the female R&B artist. I just love their, I love how they articulate, how they, I mean, I don't think either one of them are writers, but man, they sing it like they wrote it, you know? Yeah, definitely. Well, Tina Turner, I have so many male friends that have these crushes on her and it's because of her energy. Yeah, electrifying. Yeah, I had a song that I wrote called Painted on Scars with Shane Keister. Uh, Shane used to work with Armand from Atlantic Records. I did a lot of composing for him. And I had this thought about writing. It all started with me. You know, people say, go out and go out and get grounded in the earth. Pat yourself back down into the ground. (laughs) And I was like, I wrote, I started out writing this song and I called Shane. I said, what do you think of this? He goes, get over here. Let's write that. And ironically, it, it starts out, I needed some time to put my feet, I needed some time to put my feet in the dirt, get grounded again, get in touch with myself, don't need no one else, go where I've never been. Those painted on scars were from yesterday, just look at me now how they fade away. I've been down, I've been weak, but I've learned how to speak to the pain. Through you know, It's just so powerful, the lyrics, but it just flowed through me as I was outside patting myself into the ground from the top, top of my head because my friend was saying, you need to get grounded. And go out and don't take your shoes off. And I've never done that before. And, and But as I was doing it, I was hearing this, this lyrics. And so me and Shane wrote it. And I came back to L.A. We recorded it. Came back to L.A. And I was in Beverly Hills singing at a club. And her son was in the audience. And I sang Proud Mary. And he come up to me. He goes, girl, you sing that song just like Tina. And I'm like, and I didn't know it was his mother at the time. And the drummer said, that's Tina Turner's son. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And I went running 
too out of the place because he was leaving. And I went running up to him and I said, I've got a song I just wrote. And I said, can you listen to it? And I said, the drummer told me you were Tina's son. He goes, yeah. And he listened to it and he goes, wow, my mom would like this. She was recutting an album at the time, but it never got cut. They never did the album with Billy Mann in, in England and she never finished it. He hand delivered that song to her and Auntie France and she loved it was going to cut it. I came that close to getting a Tina Turner cut. <laughs> All because my friend told me to pat myself into the ground. You know, that was how that, was how that whole thing. Pat your head, ground, reground yourself. And here I'm outside the backyard, jumping up and down with bare feet, patting my head down into the ground. <laughs> you know, like you're, like you're patting yourself. And you, I don't know, it was crazy that I was even doing such a thing. But that song came from that. I know it's crazy how you how you can you know you can write a song from anything. Oh, I know. Well, you know the grounding yourself, patting yourself into the ground. That's also a yoga move where you ground yourself to let out the negative and bring in the positive. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I watch well, a I lot of yoga. Are getting educated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So my dog stopped barking. That's a good thing. <laughs> yes. The minute I stop petting him, he'll go nuts. (laughs) Well, you know, we all need love. We do. And I have a golden and he's very needy. Yeah. So um, where are you living now? I know you're a Nashville artist and I wasn't quite sure what your plans were or. Well, I'm in Nashville. I, I moved back to Nashville in February, actually, a year ago. This month, well, okay, I didn't plan on moving back there. I went back there for a month because my father had asked me to come home. My my father had had gone through heart surgery, and he when you know, all these fires in L.A., he was like, "You need to get out of there." And so my dad's voice was kind of really weighing at me, and I went home for a month and was en route. I actually drove across the country for the first time, mm-hmm. and then. I decided I was going to drive back in March and COVID hit. (laughs) So I got back here and I was here for two weeks and I was like, everything was shut down. So I went back to Nashville, rented a place. And then in June, I came back and got everything I owned and drove it across the country by myself during the riot. Um, Oh my God. The day I got here, I flew out the day I got here, the riots hit. And so I was dealing with curfews. I was dealing with a lot. And I was here for three days, got everything packed, did most of it myself because all my friends would say, well, I can't come help you after five. Well, five o'clock curfew was happening. So I was doing a lot of that moving and unpacking and I mean, packing and oh my gosh. Anyway, I got it done and I drove across the country by myself. And none of that was supposed to have been like that. I had friends who were lined up to help me but because of all that was happening with these riots and everybody thought I was crazy for driving across the country with that going on. Cause it was not just happening in LA. It was happening all across the country. Yeah. So no one really knew what to expect next. And so I managed to make it back and I've been back in Nashville pretty much with, you know, everything that I own in Nashville. I'm in LA right now. I had to come back out here for some things and, I go back on the 22nd and, you know, I don't know that anybody can really say where they're going to be right now because we're all kind of like, what's going to happen next. Mm -hmm. And I'm closer to my family, which is a good thing. So 
that's the best part about being back there. And I've been able to get a lot of work done. It's cold there, so it makes you want to stay in more. (laughs) Now, during the lockdown, has that inspired you to write more or? Well, I've been working on a documentary. So I started that in November of uh, 2019. So I got all my interviews done. I'm going to do maybe a few more. I'm still filling in the gaps right now because I want to present it to the film festival. And I did write the music, most of the music for it. I may use some, depending on, you know, some friends composing for it. I'm not sure yet. I'm still piecing the documentary together. And I did learn how to edit, which was something I said I'd never do. And I actually learned how to do Premiere. Oh, Adobe Premiere. Great. Adobe Premiere, yeah. I sure did. I can't believe it. I edit. Come on, guys. (laughs) You were worried about your dogs. (laughs) Yeah, my friend's dogs. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're they're settled down actually. Yeah, mine. My pit Lapnix has got a squeaky toy. And she's walking by my golden hitting him with it. And it's just the funniest thing. And the minute You know, I, I, I have to say I produce two dog charities and I have met so many people's dogs through the years from working with charities and, and animals and saving and fostering them they, it's the greatest joy you know you don't always have to own a dog you can foster a dog yeah and I, I've done that many times you know in my life and it's such a such a it, it's it's so wonderful to be able to to do that I was a foster failure though I ended up adopting one so oh, I'm a foster failure also my pitbull lab mix which I was supposed to have for a week that was eight years ago <laughs> And um, she lets my golden bully her to no end. And the golden's a rescue, and they're both service dogs. And I've trained them on hand signals. Nice. Yeah. And, you know, like any other kid, they only listen if nobody's around. Well. <laughs> Pardon me? So that's that's what's happening. That's what's happening with me. So... Uh, Great, and I would be happy if anybody wanted to get a hold of me for any reason. I, I mean, I, I, I teach and I train singers. I produce vocalists. Just finished an hour with a girl up in Missouri just now, and helping her with her voice and producing her vocals. And I've been helping so- people that don't know how to write songs. I've been helping them. I've been doing a lot of things I never thought I'd be doing, and I'm having a blast doing it. And that's what I was going to ask you about, and you brought it up. I love it. I'm loving that. You know, I've got to tell you, when you teach others, you learn Mm -hmm. from teaching. It's so amazing, and you become better at your own skills by teaching somebody else. It improves your skill. It's amazing. Well, you know, as I said, I was listening to your YouTubes, and I was just blown away because your voice is so strong and I mean it's so incredible and you've got an incredible range but I gotta tell you it's 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 taking trial and error to get there because I'm a girl who lost her voice I was on vocal rest mm-hmm. and they wanted to do surgery on my vocal cords it was devastating for me I was in the middle of a record deal when this happened to me and a lot of it was because I was singing improperly and this was a girl who also studied with I paid three hundred dollars an hour for my vocal lessons. Oh my gosh. But I, I never quite got certain things 
you know, cause I was, you'd run you through all these scales and all this stuff. And I would walk away still going, but I still don't understand this. I still don't understand how to do this because no one was really showing me the technique and really how I, they never got really inside my brain, which was a pretty crazy brain to get inside of because I would hear one thing, they would be saying go and I would be hearing stop. And so I really learned the sensitivity of the voice and I ended up developing my own technique. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, it was through working with amazing artists that I sang b- back up with. It was through listening. It was through just trial and error. And because there was many times I was singing flat, sharp, or with an accent. I, I just really worked hard at my skill. I really, it, I really worked hard at it. And yes. I went imagine three months with not even speaking. I went three months. I literally healed my vocal cords by not talking for three months. And Lisa Foster told me to do that. The backup singer for the Rolling Stones. She told me, she said, this is how you're going to heal your voice. And I listened to these people that my God had way more experience than I did. And this happened to me 20 years ago. And I literally, I lost my voice. I could not hit a high note. I couldn't do anything. And I learned the things that helped the voice, the things I was doing wrong. But work, you have to work on your craft constantly. You yeah. you have to work on it. And you have to use it. You got to use the voice. You got to use it. Don't overuse it, but use it. Yeah. And my other question, you know, I see your SAG-AFTRA. Have you acted or have, can we see you in anything? You know, my acting career was very short and sweet. I um, came out here to work as a double, a stunt double uh, with Jane Seymour on her last episode of Dr. Quinn. I was really young when that happened. I came out here with Johnny Cash. Mm -hmm. Uh, He opened the door for me for that because he worked on the show and I knew the Cash family and I kind of had a heartbreak in the music industry. So I I had a developmental deal with a big label and kind of went south. So I got shelved. And uh, anyway, I... Did a few things here and there, nothing to really write home to mom about. I, I'll be honest with you. I had too much energy to sit on the set that long to wait for do one scene. <laughs> I would go, you get six, seven hours in the trailer, you know, waiting to come out to sing, to, to, to do five lines and then go back to the trailer and be there for another eight or nine hours. And maybe you might get to your scene. Maybe not. I couldn't, it just wasn't for me. I, I, I mean, I, 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 plus I was like the main actress working constantly on, working my scenes. I just couldn't sit that long. It wasn't for me to be on the set working like that. I I didn't have the patience for it. I had too much energy. Yeah. No, that I understand a hundred percent. Believe me. I was a stage girl. I never really was, was, uh, I mean, I I can act, believe you me, I can do it, but it just, I just, they they would have to write, write a whole movie for me. That has to be, be written around my character where I had a lot of scenes because I just never did well being on the set that long. Even doing the double work, I, you know, I would get bored. I was like, oh, I got to, you know, I would take, you know, take some of my music and work on it there. But I'd go hang out with the extras. I would just I'd get out of my trailer. I couldn't stay in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm a people person. So um, tell me about Johnny Cash. I mean, I loved Johnny Cash wonderful person I, I and you I gotta tell you couldn't get anything past him that's for sure mm-hmm. I broke my arm once and I was really like about 16 I don't remember how old it was exactly I was pretty young but it was a bout of anger that caused me to break my arm but I told everybody I fell off the trampoline <laughs> and that's how I broke it 
And when he sees me, he goes, he saw right through me. And uh, his sister and them were believing everything I said. And, and my mom, my mom told me, she says, I never did believe that you fell off the trampoline. I kind of knew that you, because I knew you hit something. <laughs> <laughs> and Johnny goes, it looks like a, a case of uh, anger management to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say he was right. And I, I, I told his sister just not that long ago, because I actually fell off the trampoline years later and I broke my foot and I was like, wow, look at karma. I lied about it. And it hit me later in, in life. You know, I actually did break my foot falling off the trampoline, but I was telling his sister, she goes, yeah, we all kind of, we all kind of wondered about that, you know, but, <laughs> <laughs> but Johnny set me straight and I was, I had the fear of God in my eyes, you know, uh, he sees right through me, but I, 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 he just was so, he was so amazing and so down to earth and yeah. Yeah. I, um, I never met him, saw him at the forum once with June Carter cash mm -hmm. and, uh, I was just amazed because together, well, you know, she was country music royalty and with him, it, it, they played off each other and it was great. Yeah. You know, when it's right, it's right. And it was. You know, when, you're with, when, you're, when you're with the right person, it's like butter. But when you're with the wrong person, it's like oil and vinegar. It's, it's, it just worked. They worked together. And, um, yeah. They did. And um, if anybody wanted to reach you for vocal lessons or just to listen to your YouTubes, which I will put in the description when I publish this, where would we find you? Um, well, you can reach out to me through my email if you'd like. Mm -hmm. um, Which is? Sherry, S-H-E-R-I-P-E-D-I-G-O at gmail.com. And um, that's, that's my main one. I have another one that's linked to my website, but I, I, I check this one more often. So just put in the subject line where you through your podcast and I will definitely respond. I respond to all my mail and I'm approachable. I'm easy to, to, to get a hold of. So I'd be happy to hear from any of you guys. That would be wonderful. And I'll just say one other thing, because I know your faith is a big part of your life. Yes, it is. If we can end this with a prayer. That I'd like you to say, if you'd like to. <laughs> sure. I remember the first time I was asked to pray. I'll never, I can still see the place I was at. I think I was 12 years old. And they asked me to pray over the lunch. And I froze. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what to do. And I wet my pants. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I am not that girl anymore. No. But I remember, I literally, that's how scared I got. Because I was like, oh, I don't know how to pray. And you know, because you feel like everybody's judging what you're saying. You know, as a kid, we see so differently than as we do when we get older. But I that really literally happened to me. So I, when somebody, at, when, thank you for saying if you feel comfortable, because they didn't even give me the option. They said, sure, can you pray? Not, do you feel comfortable? Can you, I'm like, are you kidding me? I've never prayed before. And, um. And it was, they put me on the spot in front of like probably 12 people. And 
don't ever do that to you. Now, the moral of that is don't ever do that to your child. No, no. <laughs> always ask if they feel comfortable. Yeah, and... that, that's so I appreciate I, The reason I said is I appreciate you, at, you asking me if I feel comfortable. And, um, and I do feel comfortable with that because I think it's the greatest gift I could give anybody. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, is to pray for them. That's the greatest gift. It's a gift of love because for me, it comes from my heart. Yeah. If you ask me to pray and, mm-hmm. and I, and I, I, I will gladly pray for you. Jesus healed with compassion mm-hmm. and you, you know, in the Bible, he always, it was always through compassion. It wasn't through words. It was through compassion. And when he prayed for people. He had compassion for them. And I'm so grateful that I have compassion mm-hmm. and I, I feel very deeply. I think that's makes me the writer that I am. And I, 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 I'm very grateful for that compassion that I have. And I'm grateful for the parents that raised me to have it. Well, you know, we all have a lot to be grateful for. For one thing, we're here. We're surviving this, that's right. this um, lockdown. Absolutely. Some of us are a little fluffier than before, but yes. <laughs> Me, one of them. Me too. But grateful that we have the means to get fluffy and yeah. grateful that we're here and we have our friends, we have our family. Um, anyway, I'm going to ask you to close with a prayer and um, I'll post this in the next couple of days. Okay. okay. Well, I thank you, Father, for this time. I thank you, God, that your blessings are upon the listeners. I thank you, God, that you open their ears to hear you and to know you. My prayer is that everyone feels your joy. Everyone feels your presence. Everyone feels moved by music that is written by people that are out to go and write songs that are healing to others. I pray, God, that, that Lord, that you just touch and heal anybody that's dealing with fear. I pray the fear be removed. I pray there's peace in the midst of their lives. I pray, God, that you replace any kind of loss with your love and your, your presence in their life. And I thank you, God, that you bring people back together that have been divided in their homes or families and anything in their lives that's in, in unforgiveness. I pray, God, that you heal it and bring, bring healing, healing to the land, healing to the listeners, healing, healing to families and healing to friendships. And that's my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. And I hope to talk to you soon. Thank you for having me, Michelle. Thank you. And we will talk soon. You have a good night. All right, honey. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye.